Hey, this is Anne Yatko, the English voice of the Raiden Shogun in Genshin Impact, and Obara Kukisaki in Jujutsu Kaisen, and you're watching the Points of Experience podcast. That's so nerdy. Wow. Okay. <laughs> Because it like happens right after, I feel like it's fresh, and now we can recap everything. We're we're everybody. We're just discussing why we do our our, our outros first and our intros after our outros. Questioning our design philosophy here. Um, hmm. What do you think? You think we should do it another way? Should we should we record our intros right after the episode, or how do you? What do you think would be the correct uh, formula for well, us to see, give the best I, experience? I already know the future of what. So like whoever's listening right now. I know what happens already. Yeah, and you don't. Does it yeah, like? Yeah, that's kind of like that's kind of rude of me, you know. But it's also kind of it's kind of like benevolent of you to share such great I, insight I that you know you're gonna grace everybody with and and be like yeah, like you're you're you right now basically the the design of this is saying hey. If you're curious about this episode, this is what might happen in the future. A hundred percent, because it already happened. Like, we've experienced I, it. We've lived it. I mean, conversely, I could set up an illegal gambling website where I m make people gamble on what's going to happen, but I already know because I we just recorded it. Don't do so that, I or you're going to get banned on Twitch. Which, right. No, which, can, which is where Anne, which is where Anne plays Genshin Impact. You don't want to ruin that. So, oh, isn't you know, that our guest for today? That is our guest, I believe. Oh. I don't know. We'll have to wait and see. How did I know that. Uh, if you are not familiar with Anne Yatko's resume of stuff, I mean, we talk a lot about some of the big titles. You know, Raiden Shogun, Nobara, and Jujutsu Kaisen, one of my favorite animes. I think is one of the coolest, freshest, kind of darkest uh, takes on the conventional, like, shonen, bright style, where it's funny and quirky. It is such a good show, and honestly, and I... Impact. Yeah, I mean, we, 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 you know, Genshin is 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 the is the the beast that keeps on giving. It just gets better and better and better. They gotta make an anime series out of it, they, right? They are. Okay, what? Yeah, yeah, I mean, I already, I, you didn't, I know didn't even they know are. that, but I knew because it, it yeah. just seems like the right thing to do. I'm curious about it. So yeah, I, that's. I mean, I think that's unless they were like trolling us with, but yeah, I'm pretty sure that's confirmed. There's going to be a Genshin anime. Um, but yeah, she she's one of the best parts about Genshin, and her she's worked in so many titles. You, you know, uh, Violent Evergarden, Mobile Suit Gundam, To Your Eternity, Saxon Guns. We even talk about one of her favorite shows that um, you're gonna have to stick around to to see uh, her recommendation on what to uh, on to on what to listen to after you watch this episode. But uh, she's been in Boruto, she's been in uh, Lost Song. Devil Man Cry, baby. I, she, she's one of the, the most unique actors, and, and her crafting of characters is so fully fleshed out and three-dimensional, and I, I, I gush over how much she threw my mind for a loop when I found out she was voicing kind of both the characters in Genshin. That was a, a very confusing time for me. We also talk about her early life, starting out, you know, interested in karaoke, up into pursuing a vastly different career than acting oh, yeah. <laughs> and spending some time away from that doing something that is much more clinical, would you say? Much more uh, uh, note-keeping, I guess is a good way, as I should put it. She did a Has lot of writing. with my nickname a little bit. 
But, uh, so, yeah, sure, I like that. Yes, yes, yes. So we talk about that. We also talk about uh, her, her her process, even from start to finish, of getting auditions. What what made her fall in love with acting in the first place? Uh, all around, one of my favorite episodes. We say this at the end, but I really feel like this is one of those episodes that has every bit that you expect from like a great episode. It's fun, educational. It's it's everything that I wanted, and her. We have great, we have great chemistry for for the podcast. As weird as that is to say, mm-hmm. she she was uh, very generous in what she offers to everybody, and her words of encouragement. I hope land on you all if you're interested in pursuing um, similar professional pursuits. Um, I mean, if you're looking for a classic Pox episode, I don't think you have to look any further. Yeah. You know how like those bands or musical artists that you like. That you're scared they're gonna change up their style in the next album. More, it, it's not. You're not. Don't be scared. Just listen. Listen to the yeah. episode. It's gonna be. It's gonna be just as good as all the other ones, if not better. Everything We're you want to change your style. Nope, nope, nope. Don't nope. worry We're, about it. Although, even though you're you're protesting how we do the 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 intros and outros, <laughs> but we'll we'll deal with that off camera. But uh, yeah. Until then, Aunt right. Yadko on the Points of Experience podcast, everybody. And. Hello. Yay. Hi, Paul. How are you? <laughs> I'm doing fantastic. How are you doing? Doing great. Thank you. <laughs> so we've already gone over before this how amazing your headset is, but I also That's always awesome. love your glasses, too. Do you also Thank get compliments you. on those all the time? I do. I do get compliments on them all the time. And these are like, I got these before the pandemic, so I'm just like riding them out forever because I love them. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, the, I'm the person, so I, I have a... I have a love for glasses because I'm supposed to wear them, but I never do. But as I'm getting older, I'm experiencing more and more of situations where I'm like, I can't really see that. Like if I'm driving or if I'm at the movies or if someone's like, you see, I'm like, I can't really read that. So I'm, I need to actually purchase a pair of glasses that I like and I can wear every day that I, I feel represent me. Um, nice. In, in well, a, a this brand way. is called Jins. Uh, they're based out of Japan, but they have a store – uh, they have an online store and they have a store of storefront in LA. It's in the um, that Sherman Oaks Westfield Mall, the one that's okay. on Riverside. Yeah, I will have to look into that uh, because I, yeah. I I need to start wearing them or I'm gonna like, and I, and I can't do contacts. I can't like if someone touches my oh. eye, I scream and I cry and I my eyes will mm. not. They just won't stay open no matter what I do. Like <laughs> I can't if, even if people try to like do this, they'll just. Keep doing that, so it's it's a it's a big battle. Do you, oh, do you have funny. that or contacts? No, second I, I I used to wear contacts every day until the pandemic. So like mm. glasses were always secondary for me until the pandemic, and I was like, why would I wear contacts when I could just wear these? Right, right. Yeah. So since the pandemic happened, has have you found comfort in being home? A lot of people have found, you know, recording from home, auditioning from home, that to be like, yeah, this is me and my element. Or do you miss the kind of social driving to places, going into studios? Do you miss doing that more often than staying home? Um, What's funny is that I started to book more stuff once the pandemic hit. Yeah, like I work, I started working more than ever once the pandemic hit, and so like it was just like a whole new world while I was stuck at home. Um, yeah, but I am I am loving this like hybrid life where I sometimes go into the studio and get that human contact, but I also have the luxury of being able to be at home and like in my pajamas. Right. You know? It's really good when they give you the option too. They're like, "Yeah, you can record you from home or come into the studio," and you're like, "Well, where is the studio?" And exactly. How- 
how long is this going to be sitting in traffic uh, versus me, you know, just recording from here and, and saving the extra two hours of, you know, to Santa Monica and back. I don't know where you yeah. are. But I live in the valley. Yeah. Oh, so do I. So, yeah. you know, I'm, it's, Same. It's, it's a trek. Uh, so, I mean, it's uh, first of all, uh, thank you for, for coming on and doing this show. Of course. Uh, we, I've, I've known about you, obviously, through social media, and then we've gotten to meet in person at conventions and then mm-hmm. at various hangouts. And one thing I've always loved about you is, like, even though we don't really know each other that well, I've always, I can sense how bright and positive of your energy is and Aww. it is it is magnetic and I really feel that about you as a person I and I I, I I really gravitate towards people where you know the world could be burning around us and people are still kind of like trying to find the positivity and the the silver lining of things or how do we like make the best out of this and I feel like you're that type of person is that like am I accurate in that assumption or <laughs> are you like no let it burn let it burn how do you is that is that the kind of person you you try to be or you think you are try to be that person but i find like um so that's what i'm trying to put out um (laughs) (laughs) but you know like you know in your heart of hearts every you know when stuff's going down it is it is so easy to just you know wallow in it but i try to keep all that stuff at home yeah uh my husband hears all that stuff (laughs) (laughs) great partners can do the kind of like the the middle ground service before that actually before you have to interact with the public it's like they take the brunt of the uh whatever you're going with and i and i feel i'm very similar that way i I think i try to put out as much positivity as i can but you know it we're human beings and social media is great and it's great for sharing positivity but you know, we go through things too. We get upset when people call us names and whatever mm-hmm. it else. You know, it's 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 a real thing. It's not just like uh, as much as as much as as I've even perceived from you. It's it's all yeah, yes, positive, great. We're happy. We're happy. I, it's uh, it can it can be tough out here sometimes. It can be tough. Absolutely, I get the same kind of energy from you. And it's it's funny because you talk about social media, and we have to like ride this fine line when you start hitting a certain level of. I suppose like notoriety or like notability mm-hmm. of like putting 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 out a, a face that that is easily digestible if that makes any sense. Sure. <laughs> when sometimes you want to write the spicy stuff and you know it's uh, there's a lot of times I write stuff and leave it in my drafts and then let it let just sit there and then I feel I like I've gotten it out of my system. <laughs> It's like another form of journaling in a way. It's yeah, like yeah. I really want to let people know about this, but you 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 take a moment to kind of reflect and say, is this really worth kind of um, creating a, a soapbox over? At least the way that's I I, I view it is like, is yeah. it really worth me? You know. Calling out the person who cut me out, cut me in, in you know as on my drive home like is it is it I try to to do that and obviously bigger picture stuff too but and it, it's it's hard to kind of feel like you can fight every fight and also kind of stay someone who it, I, I don't want to say is. Um, the right word is not problematic, but for people to perceive you as being someone who is. Uh, uh, Constantly stirring up controversy, let's say, for lack of a better uh, yeah. uh, example, you know, and that's not always the case. I know this is a very extreme example I'm saying, but, mm-hmm. you know, there's there's definitely things where I'm like, gosh, this really stinks or, you know, uh, I want to be a part of something and I try to do it as much as possible. But I also try to, like, be an actor and provide entertainment and make people smile and not be the, yeah. the person who's showing, you know, the world burning. <laughs> I want to totally. be the bright light. It's like, a, yeah, it's a it's a weird push pull because it's like. 
you know, you get people who say, you're an actor, stay in your lane. But at the same time, you there are some things you have to say. You have to say something. Yeah. Um, and you got to pick your battles a little bit is the hard thing. Because you can't say it all. I mean, you can say it all the time if, if you want to. Like, it is people do that. But I find that the Internet is not a uh, it's not always the friendliest place. And so I have to choose my battles for my own sanity. Yes, yes. And I think that's smart and I think it's healthy. And I, I, that, that whole thing of like you're an actor, stay in your lane. I never really got that because it's like there's people who have every single different type of profession you can have but all mm-hmm. of a sudden when you're like an artist or an athlete people are like no you have to just stay there and and make I me know. laugh or make me smile it's like what about like people who don't have these jobs that also have very big opinions and find themselves as advocates exactly. or as, you know it's like yeah, why because because this dude Joe Schmo who's telling me to shut up why can't he just shut up? You, yeah. who are you? Why do you get to have an opinion, but I don't? Exactly. It's ludicrous, and hopefully that, like, I I, I just hate that conversation. I know, anyway, it's so dumb. On to, on to brighter things here, as yes. we can say. I want to get to know more about you. Obviously, I've read uh, up as much as I can about you, but I think your story is very interesting, and, and I... I think it's very similar to mine in, 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 a, in a certain way because I know you didn't initially set out to kind of like take the educational route of, of acting and then you found yeah. your way back here. Totally. So I would love I would love my listeners and our listeners to kind of uh, because we like to share as much as what we've gone through or our guests have gone through for someone mm-hmm. to say like, yeah, great. That's exactly what's going on in my life or like I can take that piece and follow that path and maybe it will lead me to a similar place. Where where did your kind of journey start where you were like acting is becoming a part of my life, whether that's through high school theater, you know, doing plays or, uh, you know, singing in your bathroom? Where did that bug start for you as a kid where you're like performing is in me somewhere? Okay, so it's two things. So when uh, so I'm Filipino and mm-hmm. I don't know if you know a lot of Filipinos, but uh Culturally, we love karaoke and we love performing. And it's usually like a thing you just perform for each other. But also, Filipinos have a lot of like aspiration for like that kind of like energy, you know, performer energy. Mm. Um, and so karaoke was a huge part of my life growing up. That's, that's one, right? So performing was always there. And then secondly, um, when I first saw The Little Mermaid, <laughs> I was like six years old and I was like, this is it. And I joke that I used to say I want to be a mermaid, but <laughs> but really what I wanted to be at, at first, my music, my music was my first love. And so I wanted to be the singing voice of the little mermaid. I love mm. her singing voice. I thought Jodie Benson was, is an amazing actress and she was fantastic as Ariel. Um, and it like just captured my attention. I was captivated by her and like in all those Disney movies from like that, that golden age, if you will, from like, sure. I don't know, it's what little mermaid through. I don't even know what the ending point of that is, but the other the other like high points for me were like Mulan, you know, yeah, and like Leia Salonga. So having people like that, artists like that, who I was like, oh, they are so cool, they can do this thing. I wish I could do that. And then that kind of got shelved away for a while because you know, school was important. Getting a good education is important. It is important. Please get a good education. Um, But uh, I was doing well in school. And when I was in high school, I was a member of like a million clubs, right? And I was in the choir. I was in drama club. I did like school musicals every year. And I got to be the lead in my school musical my senior year. Um, 
And I thought, this is so cool. I'm going to go be a doctor. (laughs) (laughs) That's what I'm Uh, supposed to do. mm -hmm. (laughs) I know Um, the story all too well. Yes. Yeah. Similarly. Yeah. Totally. You know, like for a second, I thought I wanted to go to music school um, Mm. to to study vocal performance. But then I didn't want to go to a conservatory program that might cut me after a year or two. Like that wasn't attractive to me when I know I can get a good four year degree. This is then this is the the really practical part of me. I can get a good four year degree in biomedical engineering Mm -hmm. and then become a doctor. So that was my plan. <laughs> where where did that love for biomedical engineering come from? Or was that just kind of like you knew someone who did that or you read about it in a book? Like where where did that become the selection in junior or senior year of high school? Like, yeah, that's sure. what I'm going to go for. You know what it is? And this is kind of embarrassing to admit, but it was CSI. <laughs> I loved watching CSI and I loved the idea that like you could um, – that, that that was a job. And then I was like looking up online like, okay, what – kind of like degrees could lead to a job on CSI and like biomedical Mm. engineering showed up and I was like, oh, that's actually kind of cool. And I like, you know, figuring out like how to create things that work with the body and using the same kinds of principles of, you know, investigation to do that. So that became my 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 choice. Mm-hmm. And also, I was pre-med, so... <laughs> yeah, that's what I did college for, too, as I went for pre-med, and then mm-hmm. I quickly found my way out of it while in college, still, <laughs> thankfully, for myself. Oh, but I, I stuck it out all the way through. <laughs> oh, that's insane. What, what was the most fun thing or the most interesting thing you learned uh, studying that? Uh, so, like, for biomedical engineering, like, my senior year, we had to do, like, a project, and my senior year project... Uh, that I was a part of, we were working on like um, a device that would help with um, like physical therapy for mm. people with knee injuries. So it was about like creating a device that could like actuate and help uh, a person's like knee joint uh, move to kind of help them through their um, through their therapy. Because like mm. a lot of physical therapy is about learning how to use that joint again and using it properly. And so if you had this machine, it could basically kind of like guide you through it. I don't mm. even remember how far we got into the research and development of it because at that point I was already like way into the theater program at at Marquette and I Uh. had already been accepted into grad school. (laughs) So, okay. So you're, you're, you're studying bio, you went to Marquette for biomedical Biomedical engineering. engineering, So while you were there, at what point did you say, I'm going to sneak into the theater department and start doing their plays? How did that, when did you make Um, that decision? my first day on campus <laughs> it was like it was yeah. freshman orientation i was like i'll just like go check out what they're doing at the theater like maybe like i can go see a play maybe they have like you know like some side production i could like maybe audition for someday i don't know get to know people and i'm like just like wandering around looking at what's up and like this senior comes up to me and he's like hey i need I need two two girls to like be ex- basically extras at the end of his senior thesis. He mm. was doing um, Oedipus Rex, and so he needed two little two two youngish looking girls to play Antigone and Ismene mm. to come and cry on Oedipus's lap right before he leaves for exile. Um, and so I was like, "Oh, okay." And he's like, "Yeah, we just were rehearsing like super late at night because we have to do it after all the other rehearsals. Are you interested?" And I was like can I do my homework in the green room when you don't need me? And he was like, yeah. <laughs> and I was like, great, cool. So I like would, I would bring like my calculus homework and like do my calculus homework at like 11 o'clock at night waiting for my one scene at the very end of the play. <laughs> 
Oh my gosh. So so you were doing all the plays. You 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 said I'm going to, you know, hang out, do the theater clubs, all that stuff yeah. in college. And where cuz now I'm assuming you went to grad school for theater or acting or drama something I like did. that. Yeah. So where along that journey from freshman year to senior year did you be like, okay, biomedical engineering, that was fun, but I'm going to do this and apply to grad school? To, to yeah, perform? that was a conversation I had with my with my acting mentor my senior year. So like from freshman year to senior year, like I kind of decided I was just going to start taking all the classes. And mm. by the end, I essentially majored in theater, but because the School of Engineering and the School of Communications have very different prerequisites. Mm. There was no way for me to com- fully complete a second major. Um, to technically get the degree, but you took exactly. the classes. Okay. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and my, my acting mentor, uh, Phyllis Ravel, God rest her soul, she like sat me down at the beginning of my senior year and she was like, I really think you should audition for grad school. And I was like, oh, uh, I thought this year was the year I needed to um, sign up for the MCATs. <laughs> um, and she was like, you know what? Just just audition. Just just try it. Just try it. OK. And I was like, OK. So like I uh, did you. you did you ever hear of the Urdas? Oh, the yeah, university? sure. My fiance did them, yeah, in New York. Yeah, so, so I did yeah. the Urdas in Chicago, the University slash Resident Theater Association. Yeah, uh, essentially, so people, yeah, go ahead. You can explain better than I can because yeah, I didn't do so, it. <laughs> so for people who don't know, the Urdas is this uh, uh, association of, like, universities and resident theaters. So, like, Summerstock, uh, um, um, like, regional theaters, uh, the, the, that kind of stuff. So you had, like... 20 or 30 different representatives coming to one location to hold a set of auditions. And so all I had to do was prepare two monologues uh, and I would perform it for like, say, let's say it was 30, for yeah. 30 people. And then they would all like scritch in their little notebooks and then decide whether they wanted to interview me or not. And if nobody wanted to interview me, I could go right back home to Milwaukee. Mm-hmm. <laughs> But I did get a few interviews, and I was able to do, like, two of them before I had to jump back in a car to head back to school to rehearse Tartuffe. Um, and my very uh, first my very first Moliere. interview. Yeah, right? <laughs> I was Doreen. Thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> I love that play. It's so good. I know. Um, but uh, my first interview was with the California Institute of the Arts. Mm. And I loved working with Marissa Chibas, who ended up being my first year acting teacher. I just liked the approach to it. It felt really, like, organic and kind of almost kinesthetic in it in, in her approach. The way she, like, guided me through, like, working on my monologue. And I liked the idea of going to a school where I would learn or I would be immersed in more experimental theater. Mm. Because it was vastly different from anything I had ever, like done in my four years at Marquette. What were you, just quickly, what were you kind of studying? Was there a certain style of acting or were there just like, was that a general kind of acting theater drama education at Marquette? Like when yeah, you were it was a classes? general. it was a general acting acting program. Uh, I, I'd say it was based, based mostly like in Stanislavski. Okay. Yeah. Um, so yeah, mostly, mostly Stanislavski um, and a little bit of other stuff like peppered in. And yeah. CalArts was even more like bringing in different sources, Grotowski. Um, I mean, there was some Meisner in there, but not like we didn't focus on it at all. Um, but That's so, like, my background, were... so. <laughs> ah, see? Yeah. Yes. Um, ah, but, see? Yeah, yeah. I loved, 
I, yeah, I loved working with Marissa and I thought, this is cool. And then they offered me a spot. And so after I graduated with a degree in biomedical engineering, because I had to finish that for my parents, mm -hmm. um, I drove out, they drove, they helped me drive out to California to do grad school. And they were so concerned for me. They were like, what are you doing? Why are you putting yourself uh. more into debt? <laughs> what are you doing? And, and I said, that, it's going to be fine. <laughs> at that point, what was kind of the, 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 what was what you were telling your parents? Was it, were you saying, I'm going to pursue a career in theater and, and I'm going to be on Broadway? What was the, you were going to be the next Little that, Mermaid? What was the, what yeah. was the kind of the, the explanation of what your goal was? That's what I wanted. What uh -huh. I really told my parents was, I want to learn. I'm going to go try this out, but I have this degree and I can always fall back on it. And I will probably fall back on it. And if it doesn't work out, I can always go to med school. I just kept promising that to my parents. I'm sorry, mom and dad. <laughs> Promised you a lot of stuff. <laughs> <laughs> but they let me. I don't know. I don't know if it's just I spoke with enough confidence or maybe deep down, like, they knew I had something going on that yeah. maybe... Um, who knows? I mean, my mom and dad still asked me for many years afterward when I was going to finally go to med school. <laughs> like that stopped like recently? Oh, no, no, okay. no. That stopped like probably like five-ish years ago. <laughs> okay, okay. It's like, yeah, yeah. hey, I know you're doing all this great stuff, you know, <laughs> acting, but like you still want to go and just kind of get that paper for us, get that yeah. get that doctor so you can put that in front of your... That MD, that yeah. MD title is so great. Oh, um, gosh, yeah. Bless but their hearts, yeah. I'm sure. Yes. I, yeah, no. And yeah. they're they're happy for me. They understand what I'm doing now, so it's mm -hmm. cool. Um, were they big into the arts? Were they? Did they also like doing karaoke? Are they performers? Oh, Was yeah. that where you my found dad, that? My dad loves karaoke, so I'm pretty sure I get most of my performer like genetics from my dad's side. Sure, sure. <laughs> my right. mom, my mom's a lot like quieter. She's uh, more of a homebody, but. I, I, I get stuff from her, too. Don't yeah. worry. <laughs> the biomedical engineering and the performer on Broadway all at the same, same time. Yeah, That's where that exactly. kind of, that mixes. Okay, so I sorry I interrupted you. you no, so you're fine. driving to CalArts now Cal at this Arts. point, and you, you, you're excited to study kind of, uh, I'm sorry, what was the name of your, your, your mentor or professor there that was... Um, Oh, Where with you? Marissa. Marissa, uh, yes. Marissa so you, Chibas, yeah. So you're you're going there to study that, and you're you're doing now this grad degree. How long is the grad degree, and what is kind of some of the stuff besides you know you're doing the experimental studying the different, you know what what were like the big takeaways that you learned from grad school, and how long was that? Yeah, so grads are the MFA acting program. There is three years. Mm -hmm. um, and so, you know, my days were filled with, you know, there was a scene study class, a movement class, speech class, voice class, um, movement class, um, any number of electives. Like I took voice lessons, did some singing classes while I was there, um, took an extra dance class because why not? <laughs> uh, there was a puppetry program. So like I, I got to know puppeteers who I've worked with since and are wonderful. Um, and I got to work with some of the film school students while I was there. Like there was room to... Try to reach out to other schools if you had the initiative. Mm -hmm. So it wasn't baked in and you kind of had to, you had to search it out for yourself. But like I did, like my first unofficial voiceover role was doing, um, like, uh, uh, uh like a voice for like a Baba Yaga short that I think never got finished. <laughs> fun. <laughs> yeah, but that was fun. Um, but I, you know, I got to do a lot of different things while I was at CalArts. And then more importantly, like I made some of my best friends there. And like we still have our little community out here in L.A. that we rely on like constantly. They're wonderful. 
I think that's something that people, especially those right now where it's very easy to not pursue a college education, you can go and take classes. It's, it can be a lot cheaper. You know, you can do mm-hmm. the community college route. You can take the, the, the dedicated classes where, that you want to. But as someone who also did, uh, I did five and a half years of college because I did my undergrad at a school in Jersey and then I transferred to NYU and I had to do two and a half there to finish a degree Got it. Yeah, <laughs> after yeah, yeah. losing a bunch of credits. But I, the thing I did take away most from that was um, while, while it's not the most kind of um, – you get to live and you get to meet people and you get to experience what it's like to see different cultures, see different, you know, ways of thinking and, and not be mm-hmm. out and be outside of that little bubble that you might be in before you decide to go and move out on your own, whether that's, you know, LA or wherever it is. So the community that I made, there's still great friends and I get to see people who are doing amazing things as performers that come out of that school. And I, and I, that's the thing I take away from university and I, and I find it so great. If it's something that you like and you like the curriculum you like the people who are teaching the classes you vetted everything about it before kind of just being like all right i got to do this because i have to go get a degree then i think it's it's really beneficial if you can afford it and it's uh it's a calculated kind of um endeavor so i i i love that it sounds like you really enjoyed not only undergrad but um grad school as well yeah 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 and to your point like yeah my friends that i have from undergrad still like you know we still talk my best friend like we keep in touch all the time i met her on that play that i was telling you about she was ismene oh no wait i was ismene and she was antigone yeah (laughs) you don't even know at this point someone was somebody 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 exactly Uh, so but yeah so so you're in grad school you're at you're doing the three years you said is is the program it's three Mm -hmm. years so how soon after graduating are you kind of planning or even during school are you auditioning for stuff already are you planning out like what the career is going to be how you're going to enter the enter the professional world were you uh, while in school looking at like backstage or actors access like what was the plan in terms of making the pursuit of a degree into a career at that point totally um uh not great i did a really poor job <laughs> of it um the thing and this is the thing about uh, about acting school and whether you're going to a multi-year program or if you're like cobbling together your education from different classes the thing nobody teaches you is how to build a career and it is the hardest thing to learn and i think the reason why nobody teaches it is because it's kind of a personalized experience um and that's hard to swallow um so coming out of cal arts like i did my showcase in la and new york and i really thought for a while that i wanted to move to new york and pursue like you know stage, Broadway, musicals, all that stuff. And then I didn't get like a great response out of New York. Mm -hmm. I didn't get the best response of LA either, but I already lived in LA and I had like my first job lined up out of LA. So I was like, I might as well just stay here. So after I graduated from CalArts, I got my equity card on my first job because through CalArts, they were um, casting a, a handful of women to be part of a joint production with UCLA. Um, it was through UCLA Live, which was their like producing arm for like, it was a producing arm for like outside shows. Mm-hmm. And this was their first in-house show. Okay. Um, they did a production of Medea that starred Annette Benning, oh. and I got to be in the Greek chorus. Uh, and that was amazing. It was like a really cool, like quick two month process. We were working with this amazing director from Croatia. Um, it was all very like 
it felt very like, okay, I'm in my element because like she directs like the way CalArts is like, this is a great way to like move into like professional acting. And then I couldn't book anything else for the rest of the year. (laughs) Wow. So can you, can you extrapolate on that? So you, you have this first job lined up, which is amazing. I mean, to get a job out of school is is pretty crazy and to be in equity production at that and to get your card is Mm -hmm. extremely kind of uh, shocking and congratulatory. I mean, that's, you probably felt on top of the world being like, yeah, I did. My cards are, my cards are set next is Broadway or whatever the equivalent is. So, and no. Well, as it as as is the case for most people, as is the case for me, I was able to get a little bit of work, and then you wind up having you know a year, two years where you're not working, whatever it might yeah. be, and you're forced to kind of f- figure out what what it is you're going to do to survive. So, mm-hmm. what what became that? What was that year like for you then, where you 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 come off the high of this play, and mm-hmm. now you don't have a job? What was that year like before you wind up getting that next job or made that next plan to to book? More work. Yeah. So, I mean, that's just a couple of months from the end of that play until, like, my student loans were going to kick in. Mm-hmm. So that was, like, that was a couple of months of me writing this pay- writing these nice paychecks from Medea, um, trying to find... I wanted to just find, like, like part-time work. Yeah. But, like, no Target, no, no restaurants. No one would hire me because I didn't have any... I didn't have any retail experience or like restaurant experience because I only worked in the costume shops at my <laughs> schools. I was a tutor during my summer. Like, no, I was a tutor like not even during my uh, no during the school years. Uh-huh. So I could tutor. That was an option for me, but that only gets you so far. You could have also, Spirit Halloween for the months of October and November. That is true. And I used to lifeguard. <laughs> I used to lifeguard over the summers, but like that's kind of hard on you because in LA, like there are companies that do life like will hire out lifeguards. And, and swim teachers, but it's a lot of you drive to people's houses or community oh. pools to go teach them. Um, and those were some interesting, I have some interesting stories from that. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, but what I, I realized like I needed to like come up with something to start paying off like a $100,000 degree. Mm-hmm. And I decided to rely on my undergraduate degree. And I found, no lie on Craigslist, a listing for a job as a forensic scientist. And I was like, wait a minute. Are you kidding me? This, wait. <laughs> you have to expand on this because I am not believing you. I know, I know. It seems like crazy, right? Because yes. I told you, like the reason, the whole reason for biomedical engineering was CSI, and I was like, no way. Um, so this is I, like a plot of CSI right now. Hire right? someone to be a forensic scientist off Craigslist, and oh my god, yeah, <laughs> I could, I could be dead right now. Yeah. Um, <laughs> It was legit. It turned out to be legitimate, and I worked as a forensic scientist for seven and a half years. So what I did, though, it wasn't CSI. Uh, okay. What I what I was was a, an accident reconstructionist. So when people get into car accidents, for example, uh, and say say you rear on someone, and yeah. uh, they uh, you get you exchange your insurance information, all that goes through, you're found to be at fault. Okay, sure. Maybe a couple months goes down the line, and your insurance calls and says, you know what? That lady you rear-ended, she says she's got some she's got some back pains. She's gonna go to the chiropractor, and usually her like their insurance will like cover your insurance would cover like one round of of chiropractic treatment, you know, mm. to just kind of like work the kinks out. Um, and then maybe a couple months goes by, and she needs another one, and it's like okay, well now they need to evaluate. Like okay, does she really need it? And then a couple months goes down. And she has seen more doctors, and now she has to get back surgery. Mm. Now we're getting into like a lot of money, and so usually 
probably before this point, um, both sides, uh, both um, insurance companies have uh, connected with lawyers who then represent you and this lady. Uh, and now you're headed toward a lawsuit. And if you are headed toward a lawsuit, you might uh, employ a um, expert witness. That's what it was. An expert witness to look at the information from the accident, pictures, police reports, uh, medical records, interviews, all that stuff uh, to try to figure out, A, how did the accident happen? What kind of forces were in play? Like, what's the science going yeah. on? Like, basically, literally reconstructing it. So car A hits car B going at this uh, at this speed, at this angle, and the cars are expected to kind of do something like this. And then in this sort of accident, the body is expected to do something like this. Uh, and that may or may not be connected to these uh, injuries that are listed in all the medical records. Yeah. Uh, and a lot of times what you see uh, is that people have a lot of pre-existing conditions that kind of mm. contribute to this like, constellation of symptoms that now require back surgery. Um, and so this is a lot of mincing hair is about how much are you really responsible for that? Yeah. Uh, and it was, uh, it was a very interesting job. Um, it, for me, like a little tedious, I wrote more in that seven and a half years than I did through like all of the rest of my life. Wow. <laughs> um, and I was, I was this, I was this, uh, um, expert witnesses, uh, assistant, one of his assistants, um, doing that. So we worked on a lot of, uh, auto accident cases, premises liability. So that's like trip and fall, slip and fall, mm. fall down the stairs, that kind of stuff. Interesting. That's so fascinating. I mean, I, I have so many questions, but I, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm curious did any of that wind up where where along that lines where were you still auditioning or did you yeah. like have these passions to like stopped. get back? Oh, so you never yeah. stopped. There you go. I never stopped. So like I, I was mostly doing theater this whole time, right? Mm. But I also through theater managed to uh find out about classes with Richard Tatum. He's another sure. great actor. Um and I I took like an animation class with him and then I ended up studying commercial copy with him and then he ended up cutting my demo uh and that was nine eight nine years ago and then uh you know around that time i started i i started really auditioning for stuff and i booked like my first video game around that time i think i already can't remember wow. um but like it was a like an online mmorpg from korea uh and it was it was cool. And they which would one? Because me... I'm, I'm I play a lot of MMOs. Let me oh sure. See if I, can... I was I was some I was some a small character in Dungeon Fighter Online, and then I was this character in uh, in oh what's it called? Oh no, it's lineage. Um, Silk no, Road. No. It started with a V. Did it start with a V? Wait, where's my where's my IMDb page? <laughs> Shoot, S wait, Joe, wait. find it. Ah! Joe's on it. Joe's on okay. it. He'll find it. And, uh, so, uh, just you, so you you never stopped. You're doing a bunch of theater while you know, and you're and then you you're taking these classes while you're doing it. Where did the connection light bulb moment go? I want to explore voiceover happen though, because you're doing a lot of. Yeah. It's a very different. I mean, while a lot of the principles are the same, it seems like you took a very uh, conscious effort to say I'm going to take an animation course or voiceover yeah. course. Where did that conversation happen for you? Totally. Um. Heading back to CalArts, my third year, um, 
my speech teacher, Denise Woods, she's a voice actress and she's actually a di- also a, a dialect coach, mm. um, like a, a really well-known dialect coach. Um, but she kind of like was giving us sort of like an informal class on voiceover, mostly commercial copy. Um, and so like that was my first like like dipping my toes into like what being a voiceover actor might entail. And I was like, that's cool. And then I kind of like put that aside for a little bit. And then when my friend told me about Richard's classes, I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to try that. Um, that's something I've always been interested in. Um, and oh, what do we got here? Oh, oh Joe. Oh. Uh, it might not be in the correct sharing. Vindictus. Oh, my God. It came to me. Vindictus. Vindictus. That's, the... that's okay. Oh, there we it's go. Okay. Sorry, it's it's vindictive. I played this character called Teve, and like I, they would keep bringing me back in uh, every once in a while for more content, right? Like that's the, with like these ongoing games, like that tends to happen. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, <laughs> thank oh, you for pulling God. it up, though. Uh, no, 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 you're great. I might I might need that again later because I, I my memory is my memory is gosh bad. So, so um, you you were saying your friend wound up bringing up this class to you, and yeah. th- that's where you. Did you did you know about voiceover though before all of this, or was it all kind of like a, a new world for you? I mean, gosh, like, did I just make a I w- ch- cheesy pun from no, no, no. Ariel again? Uh, gosh, <laughs> no, anyway. that's no, 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 that's Aladdin. You're fine. Oh gosh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, 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 yes. Okay, good. We're good. Um, we're good. Whew. Uh, <laughs> no. <laughs> no, we're good. We're good. Okay, so you knew about voiceover. I know voiceover like i was i was familiar with like the biggest names you know like your your bob bergens your maurice lamarches um i knew i knew because i really liked that like span of disney movies like who at the time i think i've forgotten some who voiced who in like those disney movies you know so and that's how i knew like Leia Salonga was like all over that and she's uh-huh. my favorite um, so like I, I knew I had this knowledge of like voiceover as a thing but it never really clicked that I me Anne could do that mm-hmm. for my career until around this time when I was taking the class and I realized oh no I really do have I really do have a knack for it and, and more importantly like, I really like doing it yeah. Which is even more, which is even more important because yeah. it, it, voiceover is it, it, it requires so much patience and hard work and yes. just being in it for a while and getting to know the people who are doing the casting, getting mm-hmm. them to know you and and refining this the skills that are needed because it's while it is acting and I'm probably you probably experience what I experience is you know you can bring a lot of what you learn from the theater and you could bring a lot of what yep. you learn from TV and film but there are certain things that are required. I mean, outside of the technical stuff, like there, what what is an OMS? I mean, for anime, you know, there's a bunch right, of certain right, right, things right. that make you know th- that stuff. But just even how you approach it as a performer, it takes yeah. a little bit of an adjustment, and it's like it's the difference between playing like baseball and cricket. You know, you're both you're hitting a ball with a stick in both of them, but it's very mm-hmm. different in terms of how you probably approach that game. Rugby and football, it's there's yeah. just different strategies, even though it's very similar. So absolutely. You wind up having a knack for this really quickly, and obviously, being a singer, I think you probably had a very good really understanding helps. of your voice. Yeah. So, how mm-hmm. do you feel that it was a strength for you being a singer? What did you feel that was more uh, easy or e- easy to learn as as someone who used their voice a lot? Um, it, it was for me like it's an understanding for like when people ask for you know voice ranges like understanding the limits of my voice and understanding Mm. how to stretch that that's part of it and then once I got into dubbing and we can talk about that um once I got into dubbing and I I I, like quickly I feel like I pretty quickly understood how it worked because of 
being able to hear musically and being able to hear timing wise what I needed to do yeah. to then to be able to like, you know, process it and recreate that in my own way. And I have a very similar uh, feeling too when you hear that musicality and we've had guests here talk on, about this a bunch of times. I mean, I, I'm still someone who takes classes and it's constantly, I just took, I was just, uh, I took a class with Tony Oliver because I just want to like constantly keep oh, training. Great. I don't care yeah. how successful I get. I'm going to constantly keep trying to learn. And I think that's oh, an totally. important thing for people to understand. And Absolutely. he talks about the musicality all the time of things. I was like, the main thing he talked about is that musicality of acting and and I think that's if you train in the theater and, you, and if you learn Shakespeare or even some of the, you know, you know, uh, Greek plays, whatever it might be, you wind mm-hmm. up trusting the music of of the text of good written text. And yeah. that will oftentimes take you on the journey that you need to go to on your car- as a character more mm-hmm. so than you, you know, squeezing the emotion out of yourself or whatever it might be is uh, fully committing to the to the music of it. Uh, so when you're pursuing this voiceover did you have an agent at this time or did people just know who you were? People, I started to get to know people. So from those like first couple of video games, this is, this is the chain. So then they kept bringing me back in, usually to the same studio in Santa Monica. Mm -hmm. And then eventually they started doing, popping around different other studios. And then like I, I worked at a couple of different studios here and there. And then when I finally like did one session over at Spliced Bread, which is at SDI, um, down on the West side. Bob Buckles, uh, Bob Buckholtz. I got to know him. I, I guess he liked what I did because then he put me on his like casting list. Mm-hmm. And then um, I would start getting uh, auditions from him. And I booked uh, I booked a show. I booked an animated series. It was like a Zorro animated series back in, I don't know what that was, 20, 2013, 2014. I mm-hmm. have no idea what time is anymore. <laughs> um, did that. And then after that, he started just putting me on like small roles for dubbing. So I did like a small role in the movie called Blame. I did a small role in, uh, oh no, I did like a minor role in, was it ID Zero? It's like some like smaller animes and a lot of live action. I mm. mostly cut my teeth doing live action dubbing. Um, and it's, I think live action dubbing is harder. <laughs> uh, very much so, I think, because yeah. you're, you're, you're tasked with, replicating this kind of on-camera performance with yes. everything taken away from you that helps create that on-camera performance. Yeah. So, and, 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 and everything is more visible. Like, yes. all, like, the, like the mouth flaps. Like, there are more, there you can really see when it doesn't match up. Mm. And, you know, it, sometimes it's an impossible task. Um, yeah, yeah. And, I, I mean, I just was doing a show, which is a live-action dub, and it's... I, I learn more about myself as a performer every time I do it. And, mm-hmm. and I think that's... One of the beauties about getting in with these casting officers or these directors who know you and they kind of they kind of let you graduate to different levels from doing smaller roles or voila yeah. to smaller roles to a guest star role to a main role because you can kind of figure out what certain tools you need or, mm-hmm. or skill sets you need to rely on to kind of make those things work because voiceover, it has so – I mean – it's also got tons of genres, audiobooks, yeah. narration, commercial, promo, anime, animation. And then there's also where is it originating from in the different st- styles and tones, comedy, drama, mm-hmm. farce. It's, you know, it's I think people when especially when we a lot of people who I know who are interested in in pursuing voiceover, they they see it as like I want to act in anime or I want to act in video yeah. games. And that's great. But within that, there is such a big picture world of acting. And I I find Mm -hmm. the most talented people such as yourself, you have an understanding of what it's like to express yourself as a performer all around. And even I was watching your your anime reel the other day. 
And every single one of your characters has a different life. There is a different whole three-dimensional breathing person, even in voiceover, which I find can be a place where a lot of performances seem like, oh, obviously voice print aside, even if they sound the same, the character can kind of seem similar to other characters for certain people. Yours all seem like a completely different person is playing these characters. Thank you. And if that's the, and I, that's the thing I found most impressive. Is it, it seems like a completely different person is behind the microphone. Is that something you have? Do you have a conscious understanding of that, or is that in the is that in the process of how you craft character? How do you feel that that is translating to uh, to someone like me listening? Sure, I or watching. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, and thank you. I I really appreciate that. That's incredibly flattering <laughs> i think it's because i know and i think i think it, it comes down to like whenever i approach a character even if it's very similar even okay even if like this little boy is a very similar energy to that little boy this little boy is talking to someone completely different under completely different circumstances and has different wants and needs and so i have to like honor what that is so i might even have they might have the same refs they might be in the same range but they'll be two different boys because they're literally different people. Mm -hmm. And so it, I thank you. I that's it's uh it's not a thing I am super conscious of when I walk in, but I think that's just because I'm relying on the training that I've had over the years mm -hmm. to carry me through. Um yeah. Do you have any sort of so for lack of a better example to kind of just kind of get in your shoes for a second, mm. you get an audition for something. Do you have a certain process that you go through? Like what is it from the second that audition reaches your inbox to the second you mm -hmm. send it in? What are the things that you're doing or how are you preparing for that? Okay. Usually if I see it, I'll like open it up. I'll read this. I'll read. I'll read through it. Read through the sides. Like even just out loud, like, kind of give my first pass on it, get a feel for, like, what that is. And I'll kind of just digest the the character bio, all that stuff, make some quick choices in my brain, and then I'll, like, put it away for a while. Mm -hmm. I always, like, read it and then put it away for a while. Mm. Um, and then I'll come back to it in the booth, like, uh, later that day or the next day, depending on how long I have with it. And then I'll see, like, what has my body digested since, since I last looked at this. Um... You know, depending on where I am, like sometimes I feel like I want to get real crunchy with it and I'll like mark stuff out, but usually I don't anymore. Mm -hmm. um, and I kind of just like trust the process, if you yeah. will. That's so gross to say, but it's true. <laughs> it is, it is. <laughs> it's true. I trust I trust the training that I've had. Um, and then I, I, I do a couple of passes, see what's working. And then if I need to, you know, and if I can cut together something from that, great. If I need to do another pass or just come in for some like one specific line because it didn't feel like it connected to everything mm -hmm. i'll do that it's yeah for me i i really believe in like um letting the body kind of marinate <laughs> yeah i think that's a great practice and i do the same thing too i try to read my sides especially for things on camera i try to read everything and try and memorize as much as possible the night before and then when i go to sleep I feel like I wake up with a whole different understanding of it in my body. I feel like I'm yeah, working yeah. in my sleep. I put my <laughs> what's the show? Uh, what is that show? Not Succession. It is uh, Severance, where they you kind of partition your brain to do your work for you, and then oh. once you leave work, you're back to yourself. I feel like I 
do that with my acting when I'm going to sleep. I send my my severance self to do my acting work to do the work. Yeah, and because it really does work sleeping on lines, and I, I don't think I've ever said that on here. Is I, I truly for me, and a lot of other voice actors don't do this, and I I found this happen. I, I put the two and two together in a very real way. I had a um, hmm. a motion capture audition re- recently, and it was a lot of material. It's a yeah. lot of material. And they want you to be off book and they yep. want you to, it was more than one character I had to do. And I had to memorize this stuff. And voice actors, I think we get very uh, comfortable Lazy. not having to memorize lines. But I, I often do memorize them. So when I have this opportunity come, in addition to a bunch of other stuff I had to do, I was like, okay, this is already, I, I know how to do this. I can put my, my best foot forward um, on the smokehab yeah. thing because that's a whole other side of VO that I think people don't expect to have the opportunity to work in but voice over agents are getting those just as much yeah. so sleeping on it letting that marinate for me i needed those days to do it and then eventually recording um totally. when, I, I wanted to ask so you, you, that you know you go through you trust the process stuff what about for characters though because when 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 you're dubbing or even in original animation sometimes you're getting references or you're hearing mm-hmm, the person mm-hmm. who did it in japanese or chinese or korean whatever it might be uh if it's a video game or an anime and you're getting a lot of inspiration from that mm-hmm. do you also have a way that you are craft are you are you crafting characters as you read the specs and like all of that's being digested and you're and you're creating the character there or do you kind of say oh that reminds me of this person i saw walking down the street or reminds me of my uncle what is your character creation process because i like i said i see such a unique print on every character you play they just feel very real and that might just be you taking what you see in the original or that might be you doing that like do you have an understanding of how you're creating your characters um yeah usually it's if there is an image like that is always like the best right it gives you the most information it usually gives you some of the most information the character bio is always great and if they ever have like references like those really help kind of like help me go through my mental rolodex of like of like uh textures qualities you know all those things that are that live inside my voice prints and how can i combine them to create this thing yeah um and then if they give you a reference like if it's if you're dubbing for example or if it's a game a game for, or a show from another language you might have a voice that you can base yours off of so mm-hmm. you know kind of just at least then kind of give you a a, a jumping off point for okay we're, we're looking for uh where in like you know tonal range are we looking for are we looking for texture that kind of stuff yeah um yeah that's that's the basics of it like you know just taking it in and then i kind of just like start talking and see what works yeah if the first one if the first one seems like it's a good one great if not maybe i'll try something different until something just feels this is a good one for the audition because mm. no matter what you do there there's so many different ways to answer the question correctly of what does this character sound like yeah and so the only the only question you really have to answer is what's the best way for me to make this character sound like in this moment and mm. that's all i can do so true and that's why i was curious because it I, I'm very similar, I think, too. I like to digest with the pictures or the written things and see how that inspires me. There's no mm-hmm. like, I don't necessarily, I don't consciously say I'm doing one thing or the other. It just kind of happens yeah. like alchemy. But here's a great example. So uh, I'm listening to uh, your your character Raiden Shogun in Genshin mm. Impact, the voice lines. I just looked up, you know, 
voice because when I played Genshin Impact for a while, but I didn't play at the point when your character came out. I got pretty oh, far. Yeah. I was AR fifty six. I've talked about <laughs> hey, this for a while. That's really far. It's pretty, it's pretty impressive. All right. So, but I so <laughs> I AR fifty eight. Oh, sheesh. Oh, wow. So you're 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 the real deal too. So I'm listening to the video someone made. I guess I don't think it was an official video, but you know, like when you click and you look through the, the voice lines of each character, right? Yeah. And so I just put it on play while I was doing other work. I just wanted to hear your work and just hear the character. <laughs> and I'm in sitting play, and all of a sudden I'm going, I'm listening, I'm listening. Then there's a line that happens. Well, first of all, you, sh- your, your acting is just so amazing. Like I'm, I Thank feel like you. I'm listening to poetry the entire time. <laughs> like you're reciting these lines, and then all of a sudden the line comes up, and I go, "Oh, did that? Did like it jump to the next video or something? I'm like what the heck? I'm like why is this? I'm like why is there another character playing on the voice lines? And I couldn't. F- I'm like what the heck just happened? I'm like it's on the same <laughs> video. What's going on here? And I look back, and I still can't figure it out because I thought maybe it would say like something. And then I'm mm-hmm. I'm, I'm I'm spending like 20 minutes trying to figure this out. And then I realize <laughs> it's you're playing two characters essentially mm-hmm. in the character. But again, back to this point of you and the way that you're creating these extremely unique personalities. I didn't. I could. I, I truthfully, I'm saying this. I'm, I'm I'm like racking my brain. I'm like. Why? What the heck is going on here? And I start reading. I'm like, where does it say it's two characters? I don't believe this. I'm like, where? It doesn't say it anywhere. I'm looking it up. I don't see, like, I type in Raiden Shogun all over, and I'm like, and I start reading more about it. I think that's only a, a testament to how good you are and for the reason you probably booked this character because it takes, it takes a very specific actor and someone who understands the uniqueness and, and dedication to each character to, for, I'm assuming, casting to be like, okay, great. They show this in a very unique way, but they also show this in a very unique way, and there's something that's kind of similar but extremely mm. different at the same time. Did, w- w- Thank you. I, I know it's a very long-winded compliment here, <laughs> no, but, but thank it, you. I appreciate it, it very much. So, and what was that experience like for you, getting that audition and, and kind of seeing those two different personalities and being like, these are kind of the same person, not really. It's it's I, I, maybe you could explain it better than I can. How each one of those characters lives and where you kind of found the life for each one of them. Sure. Yeah. 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 Thank you. Uh, okay. Uh, uh, okay. So. I I got the audition, and when I got the audition, I got the audition for several characters. Sure. So she was one of one of several characters that I, I I put auditions out for. But with her, you know, they, they and they were all like codenamed or whatever. Mm. And so what you know, I understood that this was a character who almost lived inside another character, and they were the same but different. My there's this saying that. My husband told me was I think it's from like Cambodia. It called same. It's same, same but different. And yeah. I was like, oh yeah, they're same, same but different. Um, and and I liked the idea that the person inside was um, much more alive and warmer, but still like, but still a leader, still a ruler. Mm. And then that the person that's on the outside is very much the ruler um, and is. Uh, the the thing they kept harping on when we when we were recording was that um, the shogun is not a robot. The shogun is a puppet. So like I had to ride this line of like being not quite the same person, but also not being a non person. Yes. 
if that makes sense. And that's such a um, tricky line, I feel like, right? It is. It's a really tricky line to ride. Um, and especially in the beginning, because, you know, I, I think the character kind of evolved a little bit from my first set of recording sessions for mm. 2.0 and 2.1, and then my recording sessions for 2.5. Because mm. um, there's time that passes after, like, the Archon Quest is done, and, like... Um, a, who is, like, the real Shogun, yes. uh, has, like, learned a lot of things. So, like, there's a, a slight shift, I guess. But initially, what it is, is just I thought of the puppet as being the most most proper and regal and powerful woman that I could think of. Mm-hmm. Um and not quite, like, I wasn't doing, like, a British accent, and I wasn't even quite doing a mid-Atlantic accent, but mid-Atlantic was kind of the, the starting point sure. for where it went. Um but she also, the puppet, has feelings. So, like, she can get mad. She can be confused. She can um, she can be a little soft. Not very, but uh-huh. a little bit. It's mostly begrudging. Uh, and then <laughs> A, who's inside, is much warmer. She's She has, like, a real life about her. And the I think the funnest thing about A is that she's actually very naive. Mm. Because she the story is that she put herself away for 500 years after losing everyone very dear to her. And she spent that 500 years trying to come up with solution with a solution to save her country. Mm. Um, leaving this puppet in charge. And that puppet really only knows how to do like one thing. <laughs> yeah. What, what, what about where those characters do? Is there something that changes fr- with you physically or do you take a different stance or do you like have something that separates those two characters for you when you're doing it? Is it like facially or physically or is there is there a is there a different in that you have for each per- for each of the personalities? <sighs> for for Shogun, I, I think it really is just like she's like ramrod straight, right? She's mm-hmm. she is rigid and I think that that that's probably like the the easiest way for me to like envision her. Mm-hmm. And then A is a lot more looser she's yeah. more loosey-goosey um yeah and that's that's kind of like where it where it landed with me when i was recording all that initial stuff um because when you get to 2.5 like now we're dealing more it's it's more more dramatic even more like pathos so like the the two characters are like really like in a <laughs> i had to record this these scenes where they're all interacting with each other and then in 2.5 there's even a third version <gasps> oh my gosh how fun Spoilers. though right crazy but fun i, I have to fun. imagine yeah it was so cool like this is i mean like Raiden shogun is i think like the most challenging role i've ever played just because it, it in, in the most satisfying way mm. um and i'm i'm very very lucky to have had the chance to do something like this yeah um it's it's definitely one of those roles that you you'll remember for the rest of your life i have a feeling it's it's oh definitely it's it, i mean genshin as a game is extremely pro- prominent and for for great reasons and i think it, it's so, also so good because they get the best actors to play these parts where it feels like they fit like a glove um in whatever they it, it's very carefully selected and i think your character has done that um and i'm sure you you know because you you play the game too what is what has been your experience as a player of the game what it, what is the, what are the things that you enjoy most about playing or or <laughs> listening to or reading or or the story yeah. or character combat like what what do you what is the thing about genshin for you that you love as a a consumer as a consumer, like what I love about Genshin is this is the story. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, at first when I first heard about Genshin Impact, because I started playing pretty early on and then stopped for a long time and then picked up after I was cast. Um, so, 
at first, when I first started playing, I was like, oh, this looks like Breath of the Wild, which I had just finished, uh, well, mostly finished playing. And I was like, okay, I understand this, but it's more anime. I was like, great, Breath of the Wild plus anime, cool. Um, <laughs> and then, like, it, it, I, I enjoyed, like, the battle mechanics, but more importantly, I really enjoyed, like, getting to know these characters. And, like, it was, like, a cool story. And so getting to, like, see my voice, like, in this really cool story is just so wild. <laughs> It's got to be surreal, and uh, I, I I love the game. I think it's great. I have to find I, my my wallet needs to find a way to get back into it because I want to collect totally. all the the Pokemon. <laughs> <laughs> gotta <laughs> you know, catch them all. <laughs> I know, I know. Uh, it's a great game, and, and I mean, for someone like you, you've worked on such great titles. What so so? Which came first? Was it Genshin or was it Jujutsu Kaisen? Which came Jujutsu first? Jujutsu Kaisen. So okay, so yeah. that's another one of those animes for me where. I, I, I watch a lot of anime, I play a lot of games, and that's, mm-hmm. I guess, probably where I first learned about you um, yeah. was through that role. And it's one of my favorite shows, and it's such an ensemble piece, and everybody is so freaking good. And I think your work Aww. as Novara, it's like, she is so... I, I know I keep talking about character here because it's that's the thing that stands out so much to me, is she's so feisty and has such, like... yeah. I I, I, I I really love kind of the power that she has in in all of her conviction, everything she does, and and uh, it's it, again one of my favorite shows. Where where does that live for you? Is that something that like is that in Anne when she is playing beach volleyball or what? It like, oh, what, what, yeah yeah you're a competitor. Yeah. Yeah, no, I I tell people this all the time because people ask me, what's your favorite character? And I'm like, okay, look, the Raiden Shogun is like the coolest character I've ever gotten to play. But also Nobara is the most like me. Yeah, okay. At my core. Like, I, I, and I think it's because she's very mercurial Mm. and I am very mercurial. Um, My emotions can turn on a dime. And I love that Nobara, as she's written, gets to be so many different things. She is both the badass and she is the goofball. Yeah. She is both the pretty girl and she is the strong girl. And she's everything in between. And so like I'm I'm so again lucky. Wow, to be a to be the voice, English voice of a of a character so so well drawn out, so so fully realized from like go. She comes in just raring and ready to go and she's so in your face about who she is from the top. And I love that about her. And I love how she interacts with the guys because she can dish it out and she has to take it back, you know? And, and, and then she comes to love them and like, you know, she would, she would go back, she would go to bat for all of them. Absolutely. And I think like many shonen anime, there are, you know, there's kind of that crew of characters that you follow, the, you know, mm-hmm. like the trio. I mean, if you want to talk about like Naruto, like that, that yeah. the team aspect of things. Jujutsu Kaisen, I feel like it has a very different and unique approach while still retaining a lot of the similar similar elements. But I think what makes it so unique yeah. is the way that these characters are very different than anything we've seen before. And especially mm-hmm. your character, it's so nuanced, and there's so much. It, it's it's not just kind of a stereotype or a one dimensional like archetype that they are that, that they're playing for. Uh, yeah. w- when you were reading the sides when you got this audition, did you feel like were things just clicking? You're like, oh my gosh, this is so like me. I this is. I, did you resonate immediately when you were s- first started reading for it? I did because the the audition sides was 
the episode that she's introduced in, mm. it's it's her like little interior monologue when she first meets Yuji and Megami, mm-hmm. where she's like, "Oh, these two are dumb," <laughs> and I was like, "Oh, I get that. I understand that a hundred percent." And then um, I was able to watch the dub because they had episode three out by that time um, when the auditions were, were out. So I watched the episode and I was like, "Oh." I 100% understand who that who that is in that moment. And I loved that, you know, trying to when I was trying to think about like who she is, I was trying to draw like parallels. And I was like, she's kind of like a Hermione, but she's also like way grungier than that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder. Yeah, I and it's 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 crazy because I think if somebody was trying to create a character that was like that, I think Nobara would be kind of the example rather than like Pulling yeah. from something else because it is so very unique in that, she, she, like you're saying, she's quirky, she's the goofball, she she's mercurial, she's she's feisty, she's strong. I feel like it's a yeah. it's a character that we're seeing more of, and it, that's amazing. Mm-hmm. I think that's great that we're seeing more, uh, you know, female characters that have like that aren't kind of. Uh, I don't want to use this as a bad example, but like you know what happened like with Sakura in in uh, in like Naruto, you know what I mean? You know, so like we're seeing more of these female characters that are so powerful in their own right, and and, and not being dependent upon the the male counterpart characters. And I and I really yeah. enjoy that in this in the show. Uh, I agree, I, and I think it's a, it's a testament to to the writer, yes, to Akutami Sensei, who wants to write female characters who have very specific agency for themselves and not just in relation to who's around them. Exactly. Um, and, you know, I, I appreciate that. And I, I thank him for that every day. <laughs> yeah. And that's and, and I think what you bring to the role is a big part of it and why the show is so successful, because obviously, you know, you have the Japanese cast and, and the audience that it's attracting in Japan and, and throughout the world. they are amazing. Oh, my Absolutely God. Absolutely amazing. Sure. It, they are amazing. But I think the reason... It's hard to not say this without it being actually a flat-out compliment. I think because of actors like you and the new set of people who have been kind of peppered throughout the anime community, bringing such grounded, nuanced performances that aren't um, ridiculously the way traditional anime was done, this kind of new age of anime that we're seeing where it is very grounded and real and Mm. um, sensation. Like, it's very powerful. And having actors who are committing their entire being and soul uniquely to these characters are making anime way more mainstream and uh, an easy entry point for someone who may have been hesitant prior to getting into it. It's like, okay, this isn't a language I can understand. And the dub is great. The actors are great. I'm having a hard time deciding whether or not I want to even choose between dub or sub. You know what I mean? It just becomes like, great, great actors playing great parks with great writing, great direction, great everything. And I think... That's why I enjoy watching dub is when I see actors who are not just kind of going through the motions. They are you can feel, you know, you feel the person pouring their soul into every little bit. And I think that you and and the rest of the cast, too, you guys are such a great ensemble and you compliment each other really well. What seems on the show and also in real life, which I'm sure you have a very distinct (laughs) dynamic in real life, too. Is that true? Yeah. Yeah. I'm lucky that. Partly because of the success of the show, I've had a chance to really get to know um, Adam and KG and uh, Robbie and Ray and and even like Matt and Allegra and I've started to get to know Xander a little bit. So like, you know, the the kind of like the main core people and it's so cool to see like how we're alike mm-hmm. with our characters and how we're different from our characters and more importantly like how we all gel as 
as human beings, it's been really fun. Oh, that's so cool. <laughs> and and you've been traveling a lot with conventions and stuff too. Have you had mm -hmm. a uh, have you had a standout kind of uh, trip or or convention that you went to that was a really cool place to kind of visit or meet the fans or do a panel? Was there has there oh. been a moment that stood out for you doing all of this traveling? Yeah, I, I mean, uh, I'll, I'll tell you, uh, Adam and Cagey and I had the chance to do both Crunchyroll Expo in San Jose and Crunchyroll Expo in Australia. And Crunchyroll Expo in San Jose was wild. And like our panel was so fun. Just like there was like some magic happening on stage between the three of us and our interviewer, Jackie Jane, who is fantastic. Mm -hmm. uh, and it was just like the coolest time. And then because of, partly because of that, we got the chance to go to Australia and all of us and like my husband and and KG's KG's wife Marcy also an amazing voice actor um we got to go just like tool around Melbourne for a couple of days. We went to an animal sanctuary and we touched koalas and fed kangaroos and like pet dingoes like it was that it was amazing. That's so like so cool. I am blessed so blessed because of it, because of getting to do the work of Jujutsu Kaisen I've had to have these amazing experiences that I could not have had otherwise. It's crazy. I can only imagine. I mean, I, I, I would think I would, would melt if I got to pet and feed a kangaroo. I think that would be yeah. a very life-changing experience for me. They're very big and they're very sturdy. Yeah. Yo, like, I was like, you, you could, you could, you could pummel me yeah. easily. <laughs> oh my gosh, yeah, they are pretty strong. They are the boxing animal for a reason, it's right? True. Yeah, 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 yeah. For sure, for sure. <laughs> so is there, I mean, obviously those are two very big projects. Um, is there something that you've worked on that you, outside of kind of what are the, you know, the commercial uh, Rushmores of what people probably know you for, is there something that you really enjoyed working on or was a unique experience or a challenging experience? Was there something that was, um, that you did that may not be as known as those that you think people should check out or you just really enjoyed the process of? Um, oh, what can I choose? <laughs> um, okay. Uh, there's an anime that I got to be in last year that I think, I know, it flew under the radar for a lot of people, but I think it's such a sweet show and it's called Sakugan and mm -hmm. it was on Crunchyroll and it was about like a father and daughter team and they are like, they're like drillers and they have this giant mech robot and they, um, embark on this journey because she keeps dreaming of this one place and she's sure that she can find the answers to her dream if they can reach this place. Ooh. And so she and the dad, they like get in their Big Mac and they're like off on this adventure. Un and this whole story takes place underground. Everyone lives like underground. Like Gurren Lagann kind of, huh? Kind of Gurren Lagann. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and it's got like, it's got like a fun cast and it's such a, like a wholesome show between father and daughter. And I got to play the little girl. Um and so I was just like, I never get to play roles like this. And it was so fun to do. And I feel like nobody got to see it. So if you <sighs> are looking for a show that's just going to make you feel good and you get a little bit of robots, um, try Sakugan. <laughs> I'm going to have to check that out because it actually sounds right up my alley. So uh, yeah, that's, going yeah, yeah. List. that's going on the list for us, Joe. Hell yeah. <laughs> uh, what, what we also love to do in this show is uh, – Thank you so much for doing it again. By the way, oh this is, no! Thank you for having me. It, it's honestly, I, I've I've loved every interaction we've had with each other, and I hope we get to have Same. more. It, oh my gosh! What we do is, as the nature of the show is called, the points of experience. It doesn't have to be relevant to the to the industry or the career mm -hmm. or acting, but is there an experience you've had in your life 
whether it's with family, friends, a mentor, in the studio, anything, on the job, an audition, that you feel would be uh, would resonate with someone who's interested in uh, pursuing uh, an artistic career or a voiceover career or acting career. Uh, again, it could be more of like a, a life balance thing. It could be, you know, the experience being in a relationship, anything that you think an experience that had a profound impact on you that you think uh, sharing would 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 help out our listeners or be interesting for our listeners to hear? Um, let's see. What can I say? I think that, I think that a lot of actors start, like, who are interested in getting into voiceover, get really concerned with reaching some level of success by X date. Mm -hmm. Or if they haven't been booking, that something's wrong. And, like, I went for, like, years maybe only booking like one small like additional voices session every three months you know before uh, i built up this like body of work that led to me booking a video game that got me my sag card that i got to have heartlead on that led to my agent but that's because i did this work like like little by little over the years i probably could have put a little more effort into it for a while if I wasn't doing my day job mm. um, to like expedite that. But I think if people are just patient, but also being purposeful and like actually like putting in the, the, the time and the effort and building those blocks, you're going to see something. It mm. may not be the same as what I got and it may not be the same as what you have, but they, you know, you'll get to something. And I think you have to be patient. It takes time and it, and it, and it, and it's different for everybody. And I think there's, you, you have to take comfort in knowing that. Um, yeah, I just, I see so many people so, so anxious and so impatient for, for results. And if you're results oriented in this business, you're not going to be happy. Yeah, that's so well said. Like you're saying, I see a lot of people who want X thing or specific, there's like certain specific things that they want. Whereas mm -hmm. I think, the life of an actor as a performer, someone really as an actor, you you fall in love with the art and then these roles come around that you have a marriage with, you know, mm -hmm. it's it, it, it rather than like while people do manifest things like I've seen the stories oh, yeah. about people saying yep. they want this and then they get it right. Yeah. Bob Bergen wanted to be Porky Pig. He became Porky hey, Pig. He got it. So <laughs> I I. But Bob is also a great actor who's trained his entire life, mm -hmm. you know, and he is an actor. And there's a billion other things that have happened in between. And when mm -hmm. people see that as a life rather than just impatient because they haven't gotten X, Y, or Z, it kind of ruins the experience of what's so amazing about what you get to do when you're in the booth and do the job. Yeah. It's so much harder to enjoy it when it's you're only focused, you know, enjoy the other things that are happening, like in the beauty yeah. of the other projects you might, because who knows what's going to be successful? Who knows what people mm -hmm. are going to follow? Who knows what's going to get a season two? Who knows what's exactly. actually going to ever get made? You know, the amount of oh things I've done that I've done great work on that have yet to see the light of day is oh, crazy. Totally. Preach. <laughs> so I, I think what you said is so beautifully said and, and important for people to understand is, is be patient. And when, when things happen, they will happen outside of your control unless... You want to become a creator and make your own yeah. animated series or TV show or whatever, then more power to you. And then you do have control. Yeah. But the life of an actor and an artist, I think, is very unique to where you have to be. Do the hard, do the good work. Put your 
your 110 into every role you get and then mm-hmm. be patient. I think that's so very well said and important for people to know. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. Well, awesome. Thank you. <laughs> is, there, is there anything else that pe- you have coming out or uh, s- people obviously um, on social media? It's, I think it's your name on all your, your handles. Is there something that people you're excited about that you can share or something that recently came out? Anything that people should be looking towards besides your wonderful recommendation we had earlier? <laughs> uh, well, everyone can follow me at Angie Yatko on I think all the socials and I stream on Twitch. So come hang out with me. I mostly play Genshin Impact. I'm sure I'll, I'm sure I'll be pulling for those new characters very shortly. Heck yeah. Heck yeah. <laughs> um, and I don't know if there's anything I can announce right now, uh, but I'm at conventions a lot lately. So you'll see me at, uh, wait, what's next? Um, I think I can say this. I'm just going to say it. I'm going to be at Anime Bandai in Salt Lake City next month and also UwuCon in Arizona. And then KomoriCon in Portland in November and Anime NYC in November and Anime Frontier in December. So look for me. Wow. That sounds like a lot of fun traveling and I'm excited for you. Uh, I am so happy for all the success you've had. It couldn't – it – your journey from where you, with, <laughs> at least where your parents thought you were going to go to where you <laughs> totally. are now is so amazing. And I think it's very encouraging for anybody who has uh, a similar kind of uh, story or background or pursuit in their college life. I think, you know, if you love something enough, you're a testament that, you know, you'll, you'll find you the find ways way to, to do it and stay involved in it. And with patience, yeah. you will experience the fruits of your labor. So I'm so happy <laughs> for you. And I think Thank you're one you. of the most talented out there. I truly mean that. Um, it's Thank been you. every time I get to watch something, I'm a big fan of Jujutsu Kaisen. So it's, it's, I love watching, um, everything you guys do. So, uh, just keep kicking butt. I love it. Dude, thank you. Oh, it is our you're, pleasure. You're awesome. <laughs> <laughs> and thank you so much for being a guest on the show. Uh, we'll, we'll have to have you back when you know we, we start making those rounds for people to come back. But uh, yeah, okay. I look forward to seeing whatever else comes out soon. So uh, yeah, and until then, I'll have to catch up to you and your, your Genshin AR. Maybe I got to get back into it. So <laughs> <laughs> Heck yeah. <laughs> awesome. And thank you so much. Thank you. <laughs> I know we were just saying this, but it's that was kind of one of my favorite all-around episodes where it just had kind of everything you want from a podcast and a guest. It was it was it was fun, it was cute, it was quirky, it was educational, and just has that kind of very similar energy to me where and we kind of talk about it right in the beginning, where you you understand the responsibility of, of being in in this world and in this profession, but you also are like a really deep three dimensional person. I'm like, gosh, her educational background. I was not uh, I was not expecting that. I was not expecting seven years of of you know working. What did she, what was it exactly? She said she was like a an expert wis- a witness, an expert witness. Oh my gosh! So that's like uh, I wonder if like an expert witness could be the people who, after it, like uh, a situation or an accident happens, it's like the like there's got to be a TV show about that. The expert witness shows up and they break down like what happens here, like an, an anime almost. Like you could see from the velocity of the car, the way that the person was hit, that the bone would have broken in this direct I- example. Like I feel like that could be a really funny anime. Expert witness the anime. Honestly, after you said that, I kind of thought of. Do you know this group called? I think it's called. They're called RDC World. No, what they is make, that? Like TikToks and like they they're hilarious. But basically, they did exactly that, but with anime <laughs> um, 
like protagonist stuff where it was like he enters the room and everyone's hiding and he's like the way the wind blows on the left side of the couch I know that you're sitting under the couch and the kid comes out. He's like, oh, how do you know that? <laughs> and it's like, it's a whole anime protagonist thing where he just basically. Calls well, it's basically out ripping from Death Note. I mean, that's, I think, where it, like, kind of really got popularized that internal, like, dissection monologue, right? Isn't that, like, where. That's where I first experienced I think it's that all type animes, of stuff. Honestly. It is, but I feel like from, like, that <laughs> clinical perspective, like, Death Note was the first thing that I saw where it was really... I mean, I'm sure there's something... Someone's going to probably comment. Actually, it was... This was um, first, but... <laughs> actually, but, actually. uh... Yeah, no, uh... And is... That is that is crazy. I mean, I thought... You know, I... Talk about patience. Doing a career like that for seven years, people want to get something done quick and have the success happen in an instant but you know someone's working on their craft and patiently waiting kind of in the wings for seven years and then finding their groove and their opportunity that's really encouraging and impressive for anybody who's kind of uh, interested in that in that career i mean yeah not many people are willing to do that i mean that's mm, yeah you know se- about half seven years is yeah, heck yeah. Seven years is a chunk of time. That's a chunk of time, you know? Uh, what, did you... No, you didn't play any of the Genshin when uh, her character was out, right? When did we stop? I think it, it, was it was definitely before I think she came out, so I, I don't remember that character being available, but I, I honestly, like, I'm curious about the storyline of her character because it seems so cool. Uh, oh, yeah. I told you I want to go back whenever you want to play. I know, I know. There's certain characters that seem really, like, just uh, the storylines, it seems like they're getting more intricate and it's more complex, kind of. Like, because it seemed in the beginning there was, like, this general idea of, like, yeah, there's these archons and they do magical abilities and it's cool. But now I feel like they're really kind of going in with individualized, like, unique, uh, like, hero or villain storylines that I'm like, okay, yeah, that seems pretty freaking cool. Um like I think it's like a, the Raiden, obviously is you know thunder and lightning or whatever. So it's I'm just cool. Thinking like I, I don't know if I'm gonna remember my account because remember I made like twenty the scientist one, the scientist two, the scientist three <laughs> until I got my. Oh polls. wait, you didn't stay with the like the number one. Well, because remember I did like twenty runs to get a what was it was a legendary right or what, what were they called? Five stars. Yes, the five stars. So I, yeah, I did. I think I got up to like twenty account. I was losing my mind. You know, you know that. Yes, like yes, what was yes. Happening. I was losing my mind. I was listening to Paimon, like her intro. Remember the intro where a she billion just times, for like twenty-five yeah. minutes. I had to. You had to get like to like. Times. You had to get to like level twenty first, right? To, yeah, for yeah. It to, so yeah. I had the path down. You know, I would jump on the rock, jump up. And I, had, I had like I was basically speed running the, the freaking game for twenty <laughs> times until. I wonder if they've hot hot fixed that. Gosh, we'll have to find that. But yeah, I'm I'm curious. I'll have to hop in or I'll have to watch one of Ann's streams uh, and and check out what's been good. Yeah, I kind of maybe I'll do like a a soft test drive and look at some streams and see how it is. But yeah, yeah, really great episode, really fun. And um, everybody should check out her stuff, follow her on social media, or check out the con she's going to. Uh, Yeah, I'm 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 a big 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 fan. Big. I know she was awesome. That was great. 
Yeah. Uh, I think if you go to her website, she has a list of those um, conventions coming up. So if she's in your local uh, con or in your state, check it out. Uh, but otherwise, thank you so much. Make sure to like, follow, subscribe. Uh, is, that, is that as fast as I can say that? Like, follow, subscribe. And uh, leave a leave a review for, for us. And, uh, if you're we'll a true boxer and not an anti-poxer, you will leave a like, a subscribe, and a review. We got to make pox or pins or something like that, pox and we give them yeah. out to people who <laughs> do all those things, or like maybe part of our Patreon package that we are discussing internally. Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll hand out pox stick or around. pins, but yeah, stick around, guys. Thank you so much for watching, and uh, we'll see you on the next one. Oh,